Hello, I'm Mark Price, and welcome to my podcast, Meet the Business Author. Having been the boss of Waitrose for many years and working within the John Lewis Partnership, I became interested in the way that businesses and individuals work, particularly how being happy at work can not only transform an individual's life, but how it can transform an organisation. I'm building a platform at engaging.works with the world's biggest business library, where anyone can come and search for information and guidance on their working life. In this series, I'll be speaking with a number of prominent business authors whose books are available to buy on the business library. I'll be speaking to them about their book, what lessons we can take from them, and what they think about the future of working life and business. I'm delighted to be uh, in Edinburgh to talk to uh, Christine Comerford uh, on this uh, Meet the Business Author podcast. Uh, Christine is the most remarkable human being. Uh, She dropped out of school at uh, 17, went to be a model in New York, uh, then remarkably trained to be a Buddhist monk and was a Buddhist monk for, for seven years. Then she went to work for Microsoft and has the distinction of working on a lot of the early operating systems, working with Apple. Uh, she also uh, has the, um, the acknowledgement of dumping Bill Gates uh, in her uh, earlier life. Uh, she then went on to invest in uh, Google at a really early stage, uh, built and sold five businesses, all of which were hugely successful and made huge returns. Uh, she's um, uh, helped over 200 startups get going. She's been on the board of 30, 40 odd startup companies and others. Uh, and she has become a world renowned writer, uh, lecturer and coach on leadership and culture. And I'm delighted to be able to speak to her today about her three books, the first of which was written in 2007, Rules for Renegades. Her second book in 2016 uh, was all about smart tribes and how people work together. And her third book, just released, and why I've caught her on a world tour, is called Power Your Tribe and How You Make Teams Work Even More Effectively. Christine, it's a pleasure to meet you now. What I I want to focus on and and talk to you about, Christine, is why did you write your first book? How, what brought you to do that? And what's that book about? And um, how did you find the process of writing? Yes, okay, so um, my first book I wrote when I was really burned out. At 40 years old, I retired and I was totally fried, so I know all about going too far. I was totally burned out. And my dad, I had helped him through his 11, his 11 month process of dying from pancreatic cancer. And, you know, I was exhausted after that. And I wanted to understand, like, what did my life mean? Like, if I were to die tomorrow, what were the stories that I had to tell? Because people look at me on the outside, they're like, oh, you're so successful, it must have been so easy. Like, it wasn't. <laughs> you and I both know that. Um, so I, I sat down and I started writing and I couldn't stop. And then I showed some of the stories to one of my friends and she said, oh, you should enter a writing contest. So I did just for fun and I won first place for nonfiction. And then, oh, you should meet this, this agent in New York. And then one thing led to another and suddenly had an agent. So I just was trying to pour my life out to understand it. And it ended up becoming Rules for Renegades. And, and would, was that a cathartic process? Did oh. you do that to try and help yourself through that difficult period? Absolutely. And when I look at it, it took three years 
to capture all that and write it. Wow. Whereas my subsequent books took about six months each, you yeah. know. But that sort of cathartic, the personal stories in there. You know, uh, Rules for Renegades has, okay, here's a, here's a personal story about, like, what I went through to learn about business. And then here are the business lessons distilled. But it's quite much memoir. You know, so, yeah, it was, it was excavation to and, write it. And <laughs> so when, when people read that book, yeah. what will they draw from it? What will they learn from it? Yes. Um, they will first learn about a way of life that I call Palm Up. Um, in business, often, like if you go to a networking event, you experience Palm Down, right? People are kind of like energetically reaching. What can I get from each other? You know, Palm Up is a way to approach life and business saying, hey, here's some cool resources I have. Perhaps they'll be of use to you. And when you show up in a Palm Up way, um, I, it's almost like the universe conspires, you know, to open doors for you because you're showing up with generosity first. So they'll understand that. They'll understand that you don't need an MBA, but you do need a GSD. You know, if you can get stuff done, it doesn't matter how many degrees you have. Um, they'll understand how to kind of fail forward, you know, fall down seven times, get up eight. They'll understand that, you know, life isn't a straight line you know, to success. It's hills and valleys and, you know, back and forth. And, and they'll also learn that we need to call off the search, you know? So many of us are looking outside for fulfillment, to know that we're good enough, to know that we're safe and belong and matter. And when they read Rules for Renegades, they'll realize, you know what? I wanna go in and down. Like that's why I left the Buddhist order because we kept going up and out. And I was like, I think we're going the wrong direction. Like we're, we're transcending, but we haven't dealt with our stuff yet, you know? And so going in and finding out who you are, that's like the most important relationship in your life. Because how are you gonna be tuned into your purpose and tuned into what truly fulfills you if you don't take that time to be alone, to get to know yourself, you know? to reflect, to be alone in nature, etc. And does Rules for Renegades help people start that process to become more reflective? Yes, yeah, it helps them start that process and then also it helps them look for the wisdom and for the helpers, you know, in the world because they are all around you. I have this thing called Sensei of the Day, Teacher of the Day, and every day I'm looking for, okay, who's my Sensei of the Day? And sometimes it's like, the baggage handler at the airport who just like says something wise or has this really cool smile that's so genuine, you know? The other day it was the housekeeper. She didn't speak any English. I think she's Eastern European. But we had this kind of miming interaction, you know, that was just really lovely. Yeah. So, you know, we don't have to uh, live for when we achieve. You know, like, like an interaction I had with Bill that I'll never forget in 1991, Bill Gates, was when his mom had just died and he was just like, I have, I have everything and I don't have my mom. And I was like, now you get to go in and down. You know, now you get to go in and down, Bill. This is kind of a cool gift. And you know, this is what Mary would want for you. You know, and from that process, he was able to finally leave Microsoft and, and really do the giving that he wanted to do, but felt bound to care for the people at Microsoft and they were fine without him, you know? And, and Rules for Renegades obviously was hugely successful. Great reviews. Yeah. Um, and then you went on to write uh, Smart Tribes. Yeah. So how did that come about? 
So after Rules for Renegades, I started getting a bunch of phone calls, and I was like, oh, I'm retired, I'm retired. They're like, nah, maybe you shouldn't be. <laughs> so suddenly I was back working, and um, I was helping businesses, you know, build and grow. And I started my journey of human potential, understanding why we do what we do when I was 16. And I got a fake ID and ran away from home. And, and um, no one bothered to check that my ID said I was 26. And I was clearly nowhere near that in age. You know? But I went to, uh, I had gone to a seminar called EST, um, which is now called Landmark or Forum. And it was all about, you know, your life is meaningless until you create something, you know, and we all need to take 100% responsibility for our lives. So I took 100% responsibility for my life and I ran away. Um, and working in this lab at 16, I started to really notice, you know, wow, people are successful and happy because they decide to be and they craft their life that way, you know. So I'm 57 now. So just kind of going through all those years of, of wanting to understand why people do what they do. So with Smart Tribes, it's sort of the culmination of, okay, here's how to set up a business so your people can get in and stay in what we call the smart state. Reptilian brain, mammalian brain, prefrontal cortex, all working together. And here's how you structure the business for focus, clarity, accountability, influence, sustainability. So that's about structuring the business and all the things that you do so that you have a really efficient business so you don't waste a lot of time and energy. Um, and that came out in 2013. And what was sort of a huge weird, success. That, that one did well too. What was sort of cool was that my first speaking engagement for young presidents, I was the warm-up act for Tony Blair. <laughs> so there was the CEO of Coca-Cola was before me, then me, and then Tony Blair. And it was from, you know, this huge crowd. And, um, and that was my first YPO experience. And, you know, here I am doing my 52nd YPO engagement today. Um, so that was about the structure. And then Power Your Tribe, my current book, is really about, okay, great, you've got your company set up. You've got the structure set up to help people optimize their brains and use more than the paltry 5% that, we, that many people use for, of their brains at work and in life. And this is about emotional resilience because the world is faster than it's ever been before. There's more change and uncertainty than we've ever seen before. And people are in a lot of elevated stress states more than I've ever seen. And that really affects our ability to make decisions, to move the business and our lives forward, to have inner peace, you know, um, to work better with others, to have a healthy immune system, etc. So um, it's really about emotional resilience. It's about practical emotional intelligence. Because when I was reading all the emotional intelligence books, I was thinking, eh, they're basically just saying, change your behavior. It's like, well, how, you know? So... I've been doing, as I mentioned last night, 200 uh, hours every year of continuing education, sometimes a little bit more than that, but it's all around um, quantum physics, um, quantum mechanics, um, human behavior, neurolinguistics, uh, neuroscience, and I like to take the, the latest research and then map it down to really practical tools so that we can use these tools immediately in the workforce, in our personal lives, and see change. And I used both of the I used tool both of these tools with my parents, as my father was going through his death process in two thousand three, and as my mom less than a year ago October fourteenth twenty eighteen went through her death process, she was able to use these tools to then just have more peace, 
and then with you know I use some of the tools with my hospice patients as well. Um, and that's another remarkable part of your story that you help people uh, that need palliative care. Yeah. That you help people to die. Yeah, it's kind of like I do two things. I help people live <laughs> and I help people die. It's kind of, you know, either end. But yeah, that is, um, it's a privilege actually to do both of the types of work that I do. But yeah, 21 years ago, I started doing hospice volunteering and helping people go through the death process with as much peace and closure, you know, and, you know, surrender um, as possible. And, um and it's a remarkable journey because you get really close to somebody really quickly, right? Like my current patient, I've only worked with him um, for a couple of months, you know, and suddenly, boom, you're in their personal life, you know, and you're helping them deal with their deepest fears and change their behaviors and help them look at their beliefs and see if they want to shift those at all. And then you fall in love with them because you always do, you know, and then they die, you know? And it's, you grieve each one. But there's, there's something cool about helping a person die in that, um, my experience, is that when, you, when your heart breaks, it can get smaller or bigger. And since I kind of intentionally, you know, shows in this volunteer work, when my heart breaks, it like gets, gets bigger each time, you know? And, and that extraordinary background that you have, Chris, and I've really never come across anybody who's had the breadth of experience from being a model to a monk to a tech engineer to doing startups to helping people die with grace and dignity. I, I, I think it's the most extraordinary mixture in your, your thirst for knowledge and neuroscience and to bring those together in those three books. And if somebody was going to approach your books... Which one should they start with? Should they start it chronologically with your first book or do you recommend starting in a different place? Um, I would say look at what you want. So if you want to understand the personal journey, you know, through business and life, Rules for Renegades. If you are looking at how do I set up my business so my people can perform at their best, um, what structures and infrastructure do I need? Go to Smart Tribes. And then if my business is doing well, but I wanna help my people become more resilient and deal with change and growth and become more emotionally intelligent and emotionally agile, read Power Your Tribe. So it depends on what entry point would add the most Perfect. value. Perfect. And um, what business book uh, have you read that's inspired you or made you think differently? I have to say the book that has most impacted me might not be considered a business book, but it should be. And it's called The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. And what is most profound about The Untethered Soul is it is the best book I have ever read, and I've read a lot of books, um, about helping us separate from our relentless torrent <laughs> of thoughts every day. Uh, if you look at the research, we have about 60,000 thoughts per day that are 90% repetitive. Whoa. And, isn't that shocking? And as we can start to separate ourselves from our ego mind, which is the fearful part that keeps having those repetitive thoughts, we can get more still and more quiet inside. When we get more still and more quiet inside, we can see our purpose. We can see clearly where we should be going in our lives. 
we can really get connected with what drives me, which is, okay, what is the highest good for all in this given situation? We can separate for, from what's good for me, right, to what's the highest good for all, which is not always the convenient thing to do, you know, but it's the right thing to do, you know? So that is the book that I find most people need right now, The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. Brilliant. Thank you. Uh, Christine Comerford, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Thank you uh, for your three books uh, and for all that they're going to do to help and inspire people. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening. For more in this series, please go to engaging.works where you can buy the book and browse over 80,000 other business titles. See you again next time. Thank you.